You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. Welcome to the Dr. Tina Show. I'm your host, Dr. Tina Moore. I'm a naturopathic and chiropractic physician, and I'm here to tell you the truth as I know it. With censorship and thought police taking over the platforms and airwaves, my goal is to bring you real talk about all things health, strength, and resiliency. Get ready to have your paradigm rocked. I don't hold back, and I tell it how I see it. This is Human Wellness 2.0 Uncensored. Today's guest is Dr. Raymond Nichols, a doctor of chiropractic in Greenville, South Carolina, and his most powerful model is You Heal You. Dr. Ray aims to connect the disconnected and the suffering back to their authentic power and expression. He teaches us how to begin the health journey and that it is a marathon, not a sprint. We also discuss active care versus passive care, lots around mindset and the importance of strength training and so much more. Okay, Dr. Ray, I'm so excited to have you here today on the Dr. Tina Show. Thank you for making time for me at the very last minute. Um, you are a doctor of chiropractic. I am the same, and I have so enjoyed watching your rise on Instagram and social media and the light and positivity that you bring to the scene. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, first, I want to say thank you again. Uh, it's great to connect with you again. Um, just, you're, you're amazing. I'm glad, I'm glad to be a part and also get to know you along this journey. Um, so yeah, I am a chiropractor. Um, grew up in Laura, Mississippi, and I grew up in a, a, a household where we was in this allopathic mindset um, per se. And what that really means is that anytime I had a cough, sneeze, sniffle, whatever it may be, any type of symptom, I was given something for it. We was always being reactive, um, and that's just what I grew up in. That's what I thought what what health was uh, until I got to chiropractic school. Um, and it just completely changed my paradigm on health isn't an inside out thing. It's actually an inside out thing. So health doesn't come from outside. It comes from inside. Um, and we were meant to be healthy. We were meant to be vibrant human beings, as much energy as possible. Um, and just knowing that, like, it's so empowering, um, because in that other state of mind, it was just so disempowering to to think that, oh, my grandmother had these things, and that means that I'm going to have these things as well. And that's just not the case because we have power over who we be, who we show up, who we show up as, and our health and the life that we want to experience. So um, that's where I am, and I help people, a whole space for people to be able to step into that, into their health potential, um, even if they don't see it at the moment, and just really hold space for them in that, yep. I love it. You came out gunning on on Instagram, and I was so glad you showed up because there were a few of us holding down the fort at the beginning of this pandemic and just getting slaughtered. And this new wave came of you guys with youth and vibrancy, and you just came in with such a big smile, and you were like, you heal you, straight up. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> Applause, because when I say that, people just, just got so offended. And as a naturopathic physician and as a chiropractor, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And I, anyway, I've just been so excited to watch you deliver that message in a variety of ways with such positivity. You do, you, I'm a little more harsh than you are. You, you bring a lot of love and light to the scene. So what does you heal you mean? You've got some really cool t-shirts that say that, and I need to, I need to buy one. What does what is the, how do you describe that to your patients? Yeah, you heal you. That's the that's the message they get from um, 
I would say from day one, I let them know that um, when patients come in, I know where they're coming from because I've, I've been in their shoes. I've been um, having some type of symptom and we're just taught to like, hey, if I have this thing going on with me, I need to go to this person so they can fix me. Um, they can fix what I messed up, essentially. And so I know that's the mindset that they're coming in. So I just let them know off the bat. It's like, hey, uh, hey, like, yeah, I, this is your problem. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to listen to you. What you have going on? What is your health goals and health concerns? But also, I want you to know that your body heals itself. And I can't do the work for you. I can't heal you. You you heal you. And they they always, a lot, I guess it's a lot of like different looks because they don't expect that. Like they don't expect me to give their problem back to them. But I let them know, like, if I take on every patient's problem, I'm going to have a problem. That is the truth. That is the truth. I think I did that for too long. You know, there's a there's a certain level of ego that you come into medicine with. And it's not ego because you think you're superior. It's ego because you really want to help people and you think you have the answers and you get really excited to share that with people. I personally just found it after decades of, I've been in medicine long, much longer than I've even been a doctor. I've been in medicine my whole life. And and I, I hit a burnout period because I was like, you know what, these, A, most people don't give a shit sadly, no matter how much handholding or cheerleading or support or education you give them, you know, docere means doctor as teacher. And I took that very seriously. How do you work around that? Because I was successful, I, I will say, but it had a shelf life. How do you, how do you get people excited to take their health into their own hands? Yeah. Um, and so it, it just comes down to, it's a journey, right? So it's like, this is a journey out and I want them to understand that like this health thing is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And once you understand that you need to appreciate this journey, I'm going to be with you on this journey. If you're, if you're committed to this journey, because if you're not, then I'm not going to do it. Like, and that's, and that's where I draw the line at. And people may see, it may seem a little harsh and I do want to help people, but I can only help the people that want to be helped. And I understand that. And so I just, the people that don't want to be helped, then they're just not patients. They're often like, this isn't a good place for you. I can just tell you're not committed. And But if you want me to refer you to someone, I can. And in that capacity, I can still direct, indirectly help them by referring them to someone that they're looking for. Um, so in a, in a way, it's still being able to help them and serve them. Um, and so it doesn't really take away from, I guess, from us, I guess. So Because I understand that we're here to serve. I'm here to serve a certain people. Like, that's it. I know I can't serve everybody, but I can be able to reach people that some other people cannot reach. I got people in my office that they probably would never be on the chiropractic care or know anything about health if it wasn't for me stepping into that, into this room of a chiropractor, doctor, whatever it may be. Um, and that's really empowering. It's really cool because it's like, man, you guys probably would never experience this if I hadn't been that, went down this, this path. Um, but again, I just, again, I put the, the ball back in their court and I let them know that I'm just a guide here. That's it. It's like, hey, if we're trying to get across this river, like I know where the stones are. I know where the loose ones are. I know where the ones that's steady and that has stability. And we need to step on those so we can be able to get to the other side. And it's like, hey, like if you're going to come with me, I need you to go right here. I need you to go here. And like people learn things along this journey. So I've had patients with me at I mean, I've been in practice, it's been a short time now, but I mean, it's been a little over two years now. And like the patient that's been with me from the beginning, 
their life has completely changed because every single time they come in, I'm always dropping some type of education, some type of tick. And they they began to lean in more and more and more and more. And then they, they lean in so much where they lean, they'll lean away from their old paradigm. And they look back and it's like, whoa, I was way over there. <laughs> like, yeah, he was way over there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not until you start feeling much better that you can really see where you were and how miserable it was to be over there. You know, yes. when you start embracing health and moving down that pathway. And it really is a journey. It's not a destination. There's no... There's no perfect outcome. I have hiccups all the time. I I find my, you know, I'm doing great. And then all of a sudden I have a hiccup and I realize nine times out of 10, it was self-induced of some way or another. I'm not blaming myself, but I either made poor food choices or I drank too much wine or didn't get enough sleep or didn't get my workouts in as needed or worked out too much. You know, it's these, these hiccups happen. So it's, I, I, I love this idea of it being a journey and empowering the patients to take the first few steps onto that journey and get going on the road because it never ends, right? Yeah. And it, it morphs and changes as we age. And I, you're a father, you know, like you've you you've seen your children grow in each stage. And I, I think it's the same throughout life. We We have to embrace the health that we have and stoke it as best we can with the tools we have and gather more tools when we need them, right? 100%. Agree. Yeah. You made a post yesterday that I just loved, or maybe it was today. It said, health and sickness are both processes. Mm. They require your time, energy, and money. These resources are necessary, or these resources are necessary to move you closer to health or fail to sickness or fall to sickness. You can either contribute consciously or subconsciously, but either way, know that you are contributing. Read that again. That is so true. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's true, right? People put their money into I was thinking about this this morning. I had somebody come on into my DMs and she was saying, you know, I just don't have the money to pay for a she's she said, "How can I get started in strength training?" because I keep talking about it and and muscle and sarcopenia and wasting and frailty. And she said, "How can I get started?" and she immediately went into a laundry list of problems that she has and reasons why she couldn't. And I said, as my post said, hire a coach. And then she said, well, you know, she got a little defensive and she's like, well, what are people supposed to do who can't afford that? And I started, I I, I didn't respond because I don't have the energy to engage in these conversations anymore because people will inevitably argue for their limitations, no matter (laughs) what information you present to them, right? It doesn't matter how much data you put in their face or inspiration you bring or motivation or mindset. It doesn't matter if they're not there, they're not there. And I got to thinking of all the times patients have said that to me while I look down at their perfectly done nails, their perfectly highlighted hair, their expensive purse, the expensive car they drove in and out of, their clothing, their pedicures, you know, there's waxing and whatever. There's all kinds of things, especially for women that go into self-care. Yeah. What do you say to patients when you see them completely like glammed up, but then they're telling you... I don't have the time or the money to make this happen. Yeah, so um, I get that. And I think it also goes, it goes back to um, what we were just talking about, about like having them own their problem. Because I think that's the, that's the whole thing is first, they need to recognize that they have a problem and the thing that they're dealing with, they're not able to do what they love to do. And that's why they showed up in the office. It's not the back pain. It's not like, it's not that. Like the back pain is stopping them from picking up their kid stopping them from golfing, stopping them from going out with their friends. 
uh, whatever it may be. And that's why they still they show up in the office. So first, I get them to say that this is affecting their life. And once we can agree on this is affecting your life, let's agree on some goals of how we can help you get to the place you want to get to. And then we agree on the path as far as how we can get there. And once we get on the path, I laid all this all out and then, okay, this is the plan. This is how we're going to get there financially. This is what it's going to take. And at that point, they've agreed that this is a problem. This is the goals. This is the path that I want to take. And at that point, it's, they already know if they're, if, they're, if they're in or if they're not. Because I like to say that it's never, it's never a money problem. It's, it's, a, it's a value problem. If mm-hmm. they don't sign care with you, it's because they don't value the care. They don't value what you have said. They don't, it's something that they missed along the journey of this. Um, and that's where it's at. It's never a money problem. Because I feel like people, can, people can't um, buy everything. Like people can't afford everything, but they can buy anything. And mm. that's pretty much what you were saying, right? Because I've, I've seen it. And the fact that I've seen the, the opposite of it, where people literally probably have two, three, four jobs and they're like, this is my health. Like, I want to make this work. And they find a way to make it work. Like, it just happened to get like last week. And I'm like, man, like, and when these people come in, they have the money, they don't have the time, whatever it may be. I, I think about those people that just, they, they find a way, whatever it, may, whatever it may be. If they need to stop doing this thing where it's not serving them and to like put money back here. Um, it just, it, it like that right there, like really changed the game for me. And knowing that when, when people see value, they're going to invest, they're going to find a way to do it. But again, it's never a money problem. It's always a value problem. Right. And it's not even so much that they don't find value in you. They just may not even have enough value in their own health. They, they, they may not value health as, and and it might be uh, for a variety of reasons. It might be cultural. It might be guilt. Uh, I, I know plenty of women who have literally lit, like existed out of guilt, societal guilt, and prioritizing their own health is considered greedy almost in their family, right? Like I think of the classic mom. I remember when I was younger and I had no children and my si- older sister had two little ones and I found a pair of like just holy underwear in her drawer. And I said, what are you doing with holy underwear? And she didn't even realize there were holes in her underwear. And she's like, trust me, when you have kids and you prioritize them, you forget about yourself. And my sister at that time was easily 150, 200 pounds overweight. Um, and I, I remember thinking like, I'm never going to do that because I can't be a good mom and I can't be a good partner to whoever I'm with. I can't do any of these things if I'm dead on the you know sofa with migraines all the time, yes. right? So yes. I think some people just don't even prioritize their health. I get accused of invoking fear on Instagram. And that really bothers me because I'm never, ever trying to scare anybody. I'm trying to get them to understand the severity of the situation and that it's impacting all of us at this point and that we're being held in lockdown because of the general consensus of poor health in this country. I I firmly believe this virus is very deadly to some, but I also firmly believe that we as humans are too sickly to just have handled what is probably a pretty benign, and I shouldn't say probably, it is in fact a very benign virus to those who are healthy. I've seen it. So anyway, how do you motivate people to sort of see that piece of like, wait a minute, my health is a priority. It's not 
you know, I've got to, for, you know, maybe my husband's not supportive or my kids aren't supportive or my family's not supportive, but like, I have to do this for me. Yeah. And that can be very, that can be very tough that I've seen in practice because with some, I mean, every household is a little different, right? There's always a CFO, right? Someone that handles the money, right? Um, and if it's not the patient that handles the money, uh, let's just say it's the, the wife that's coming in. She wants to, you know, wants to get on the care. But the but the husband handles the money, and I always see. I would say majority of the time, if the husband doesn't come with them on their visit to see what's going on with their wife, then the husband's like, you just see this this number is like, oh, no way, are you kidding me? Like, what are you talking about? I'm not spending this on some chiropractic care. I'll get your back crack. You know what I mean? Like what <laughs> whatever's in their yeah. head. You know what I mean? It comes out, and I see that a lot. Um, but I tell my moms, I tell the moms all the time and, and you just hit the, the nail on the head that like, we're in this thing of, we have kids and it's like, let me put my health and my, like, let, let me put that on the back burner because I have kids. I need to take care of them. But like you just said, how can you be the best person, the best mom, um, best wife, whatever it may be, if you're have headaches, if you have these different symptoms, you're not experiencing the health that you supposed to experience. I let and let I let them know. Like and I actually have them say, I'm like, if you continue to pour into other people, who's going to be who's going to pour into you, or who's pouring into yourself? And can you pour if you don't have anything to pour? And they look at me and like, they because they know, they know, right? <laughs> and they I'm know, very, they can yeah, feel it. They can feel it, and I'm and I'm typically like I'm I'm that blunt with with people because I think people need to hear it that way. Um, because I feel like there's been of, I feel like a lot of enabling has been done in just society as a whole and like trying to go just kind of fluff things up for people. And like, I don't, I don't think that is serving them well when they just need to hear like the reality of it. And you say, that's why some people may think it's like this fear thing, but it's not fear. It's the reality. And that's what we need to understand. It's the truth. And I think that people really, I had another gal message me today and she said, you know, you're so hardcore on this obesity connection to the pandemic. I think if you could soften your tone a bit, you might reach more people. And I immediately thought, I didn't take offense to it. I immediately thought, she doesn't get it. I don't want to reach more people. I'm simply going back to what you said earlier. I'm simply trying to reach the people who are there to hear it. That's it. I don't care if it's a small group. I'm not trying to get followers. I'm not trying to make money off this. I mean, yeah, I have found ways to optimize my income because I've had to. We all have in this pandemic, but I'm certainly not trying to invoke fear or piss off. I mean, people leaving who aren't supposed to be there is fine, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I, and I, truthfully, at the age of 47, I have zero interest in kissing anyone's ass anymore. I know the truth as I know it. And if people don't like my version of the truth, they are welcome to leave. And absolutely no hard feelings. I wish them well. And I hope that they have a long and fruitful life. But I am really not here to appease the masses. I'm not here to be popular. And I, I love your delivery because I feel like you're the same. And you also are very firm with your boundaries, which is rare in the online space. Like you throw down when you have to. You do it with a smile and you do it with respect, but you drop those bombs regularly so people know where you're at. And I think that as healthcare providers, the mass of healthcare providers, for one, are unhealthy. 
And then they're sugarcoating all this bullshit for their patients saying like, oh, it's like telling somebody, I remember being early on in practice and I would like delicately, gently allude to their fatty liver and their metabolic syndrome that was headlong driving them into diabetes. And they'd stay with me for five, 10 years. And then all of a sudden one day I'm like, you're diabetic. And they'd go, why didn't you ever tell me? And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, do you, how many conversations have we had about your pre-diabetes and where it was going? And so I'm just kind of at the point now where A, for my own personal well-being, I'm not sugarcoating shit because I'm a grown-up and I get to say what I want and I'm not trying to appease anyone and I don't care. And B, sometimes people really need to hear it, get offended. People, you may have had this already happen on social. They get offended, they leave, and then they come back to me months later and they say, you know what? You really pissed me off and I left. But then I heard you. I came back and I heard you and I made changes. And cumulatively, I've helped without even purposely trying to do it. I've helped hundreds of people lose thousands of pounds since this pandemic started just in 20, 30, 40, 50 pounding. And I I hear about it. I, I get sent the before and after pictures, but I am not everyone's cup of tea. You are not either. And I think that it's uh, admirable that we do stand our ground and deliver the way we deliver. There's plenty of people delivering the soft version, right? Yes. <laughs> it's obviously gotten us nowhere. Yes, definitely. Again, I think it's, I think it's more like an enabling thing. It's enabling us to do, continue to do the same dysfunctional things, same unhealthy habits, uh, behaviors, and it's just not serving us as we see. We're one of the, the sickest countries in the world. Um, and it's just, it's, again, it's not serving our country. It's not serving us as individuals. And uh, I think as a result, we're seeing the effects from this whole virus and how it has affected our country in, in a way and why people are scared and all that, uh, that jazz. The enabling is the key there. I think that we've become a, a coddling, enabling society. And we are now at the point where the fact that we gave away trophy or, you know, trophies and ribbons for participation is now showing itself in (laughs) the lack of grit and tenacity that people have. I mean, people are, I saw a vegan today, no, no offense against veganism, but I saw a video of a vegan crying because he didn't like the meat emoji and how it was offensive to him and he needed Apple to take it off. I just like, that's where we're at in reality. I feel like there's like a big, you are here sticker and it's just... (laughs) (laughs) This episode of The Dr. Tina Show is brought to you by my personal line of products that you can find inside my online store. We can all use a bit more resilience right now, so I bottled it. Resilience is an optimal adrenal support to promote energy and stamina. Resilience features a comprehensive blend of nutrients and botanical extracts targeted to support the body's responses to stress. It's designed to promote adrenal physiological functions by supporting the adaptogenic response to promote optimal energy production, stamina, and the management of everyday stressors. Adrenal glandular tissue sourced from Argentinian bovine to safeguard purity rounds out the ingredient profile. While I can't make any specific health claims, tell you how to dose it, or make individual health recommendations, I can tell you how they work. As always, check with your provider before beginning any supplement regimen. Listeners of The Dr. Tina Show can enjoy 10% off resilience right now by using the code RESILIENCE10 over inside my store at store.drtina.com. That's D-R-T-Y-N-A. Again, head to store.drtina.com and use code RESILIENCE10 for 10% off. Man, I grew up in a Midwest family where, boy, you better toughen up and learn how to fight if, you know, just to get through. So that to me is, I don't even get it. But anyway, I digress. So what do you make of this enabling thing? 
I feel like it's a really big piece of the puzzle that nobody talks about. I actually think practitioners themselves, that's their pathology, is that they're enablers. And so we've created this society of patients who want that gentle coddling, handholding, enabling type of, of approach. But in reality, it's because the practitioners themselves, that's how they stoke their own egos. I know that sounds wild, but that's really the kind of the consensus I've come to is that you and I are here to like, hey, let's go, let's help, we're warrior spirit. And there's a lot of people out there who are, they don't like uh, confrontation. They don't like being disliked. I don't give a shit. <laughs> But they don't like being disliked. And so they really invoke this enabling. That's their role, right? They probably do it in their own households. What do you think of that? And like, how is that impacting medicine as a whole? Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's I'm not, I don't know when I had thought about that, but it, it hit me. And I'm like, man, I think this is it's happening all over. And like you said, um, it's happening a lot of practitioners. Um, and I think the, I mean, the thing just comes down to you, we have to be honest, we have to be authentic. Uh, with the people that we're serving. I think that's the best way that we can serve someone if we're true to what they have going on um, and not trying to fluff it for them because they they don't need to hear it. I'm, I'm sure they're getting enabled by someone else. Like they don't need another person to enable them in their health and like, hey, you continue doing this, but just take this thing. Um, and just, I feel like that's just not serving them to their to the capacity uh, when we're talking about a facilitator or a healer, whatever it may be, you're trying to serve another individual. I want to be able to give them everything that they need uh, so they can have all the information that they have. Because it's, it's, it really, to me, it comes down to em- empowerment um, and health. And like, that's kind of the kick I've been on. Just like we have to empower individuals of their own their own capabilities. And that goes back to the you heal you um, and just reminding them of the power that resists within uh, that uh, resides within them, because I think we've forgotten about it. I think we've forgotten about how powerful we are, um, and that we came from two two little cells into these phenomenal human beings. Um, like that's powerful within itself. Like just think about that. Like that that journey from from sperm to to egg. Like that's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's those are meant to be. I know. This makes me think of something that I love about chiropractics, which is active care versus passive care. I feel like the model of most medicine, especially allopathic medicine, not to dis allopathic medicine. I shoot, I took some prednisone last week. Yeah, that's saved my life <laughs> after a bee sting. Yeah. So I'm I'm not I'm not dissing it. I think it has its time and place, but it doesn't actually cure anything. Um, how is chiropractic care and just this idea of active care and explain what that is for the audience versus the passive care that we see in so much of the rest of medicine. Yeah. Um, so I think the best, the best way to describe this, I actually did a lunch and learn today. Uh, I love doing lunch and learns. They're, they're awesome. Um, but I did one today um, and I saw some light bulbs go off. Um, and I like to describe this thing as there's a, it's, we, I like to describe like if we're in this holistic realm, I think we're in this, third tier healthcare. And so there's three different levels. The, the bottom level, it level is going to be the treatment of disease. Okay. And the best way I can describe the treatment of disease is if you're, if you're drowning and I throw a float out to you, I'm trying to save your life. Simple as that. It's treatment of disease. It's reactive, right? And then the next level is going to be prevention of disease. And the best way I can, the best way I can articulate that is that I'm going to put on the vest so I don't drown. 
It's not that I'm experiencing my optimal health and potential, but I'm just pulling this vest so I don't drown. But in the top tier is going to be the promotion of health and wellness, which we haven't seen in this whole time, this whole year and a half, uh, unfortunately. Um, but that's the space that we live in. And that's the space that I come from of empowerment and teaching people how to swim, how to get yes. healthy, right? Because we've heard the saying all, all over and over, like you can, you can give a man a fish or you can teach him how to fish, right? And he'll eat forever, Right. And I think it comes from that. Like we have to be at that top tier and there's not many people in that top tier promoting health and wellness. It just it just isn't happening. Um, and so that's the best way I can describe that is teaching people how to swim and what what those steps are, because people, again, they've they've we've lost our way. Uh, we're not not connected to nature. We yeah, it's just we're just so far removed from it. Um, we've just forgotten, like the power that resists uh, that resides in, in us at all. And from the beginning, essentially, uh, to now. So that's the best way I can like layer that. Um, that's good. I love that so much. I think a lot of people want you in the water with them, potentially drowning halfway, and I'm just not doing it. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you a funny story. I, when I was little, my mom put me in swim lessons, yeah. and I cried. I cried and cried and cried. I was like five, and I cried and cried and cried every day, and I just hung on to the side of the pool. I actually had reactive asthma, and it was undiagnosed, so I was having a hard time breathing. And I, I remember actually that being the panic. That, oh, okay. And I'm not a crier, but here I am crying, and I wouldn't swim, and— Finally, my dad got fed up one day. We were we were off at a pool in St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, tough St. Louis dad. That's my dad. And I have my floaties on, and I'm still crying. And he gets fed up because he's got a short fuse, and he rips my floaties apart, and he throws <laughs> me. He throws me in the deep end. He does. He does. He threw me in the deep end. He's like, learn to freaking swim. And I remember that so clearly because I went under for a second. I immediately remembered my swim training. I held my nose, gotcha. like, you know, plugged okay. my nose, yeah. went under, and immediately came up and I swam because I had the tools. I'd been taught to swim. I wasn't thrown into the deep end without the tools, but I'd had the tools and I was rejecting the tools and I was crying and making a big fit about the tools. And finally, here I was, no floaties, nobody. I mean, he would obviously was not going to let me drown, but. It was such a poignant moment for me. And I tell that story sometimes on social media and people are like, that's horrific. Your father's abusive. And I'm like, no, man, that was like one of the best lessons I ever learned. So I guess I just come from the school of like hard knocks and I, I like the trial by fire sort of method. Um, but, you know, you can't teach someone to swim by holding on to them the whole time. Yes, <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> right. And I think the folks on Instagram really want a lot of this handholding and I'm just not down for it. Like I'm not there to be a cheerleader, be arm. Sorry. I'm not there to be a coach and like give you the, the workout and give you the meal plan. I'm here to be a cheerleader. I'm here to like give you information, be an educator and go figure it out. Like here's the, here's the information, here's the tools, go figure it out. And I, I find you to do a lot of that as well. And I really appreciate it because I feel lonely in my strategies. And then I see your posts and I'm like, hold the ground, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ray's holding the ground. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so you, totally off topic, but kind of on topic, you strength train and I see your videos yep. and I, I love it. Um, one question is how, how are people's responses to those? Because I get, it's weird. I lose like a hundred followers every time I post any video of me working out, um, which is odd. But then also like, do, are people digging it? And then the second question is, is do you, 
Like, why do you, why, why is it so important to you? Why is strength training so critical? Yeah. Um, so I think the first one is when I do post it, I think people do dig it. I actually, I could probably post a little bit more on it. Um, and maybe because of the type of workouts, I'm not really sure. I haven't gotten any, like anything negative about it, you know? Um, maybe they want to see me post like something else, I guess, or like some quotes. I don't know, but I mean, this is my, I mean, my platform, my Instagram, um, so I post what I want to post, right? Um, I just want to share some time. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, this is the workout I'm doing, right? <laughs> um, but I think what, what comes down to me when talking about um, strength training, um, uh, functional training, I do, I've, I've backed away from a lot of like really, he- I used to lift like really heavy. I thought that's what, that's what it was about. But as I look back, I'm 30 years old now, but I played college football and I would say right now in this moment, I feel that I'm a better athlete, I'm functional, uh, move better than I was when I was in college. And, and the reason why is just the way I've, ch- I've changed the mindset of my training. Um, I can actually get sit, I can get down a squat, a full squat now without having any issues. Before I could not do that. I remember my, my, um, my torso would go forward and it would just be so awkward. Like it was like, I was just so tight. Um, and, but I love the way that I've just found this, like this functional training and just moving because I feel like as human beings, I tell my patients all the time, I'm like, guys, you, you're an athlete. And they look at me like I'm crazy. Always. I say I'm the crazy chiropractor. Um, but, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you are an athlete. You're an athlete of life because life is a game and we need to be able to show up for life each and every day. And we need to move our bodies because these bodies were meant to move. They were meant to swim, climb. They were meant to do all these things, these um, just awesome things every single day. Wasn't meant to sit down at a desk eight hours a day. It just, it just wasn't, it's just not the reality. Um, and so I just let them know you need to be training your body because you're doing things on a daily basis and like let's train these movements so that you can become the best at these movements, whether that's squatting, deadlifting, whether that's uh, pulling, whether that's going into rotation. Uh, we don't do a lot of rotational things training wise. Um, those things I think is super important. And again, I think the fact that the way I train now compared to what I trained in, in uh, college is a, a big difference in, a, in the mindset is totally different. I think I used to have this mindset of I, like, I want to look good. You know what I mean? Like I want, I, you know what I mean? Like you want the big muscles, you want the six pack. And like, at this point, like I honestly, I could care less because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more functional. Um, I run at least 10 to 15 miles uh, a week. I just love to run. Um, and, and I just, again, I just think I'm more functional, um, just person athlete um, now than I was in, in, in uh, college, which is kind of crazy to say. I love that. Do you think it might be something to do with change in dietary habits as well? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine any of us ate well in college. <laughs> no, I did That'll not eat well in college. Like seriously. <laughs> and I was I'm like, man, like, like, man, I wish I was, I wish I knew this information in college. Um, so I can be able to train this way, eat this way. And I just feel like I'll just be a, a better athlete at that time. And I mean, it's just the I mean, it's the journey, it's the reality of it. Um, but I can definitely share these things I've learned along the way with my patients, uh, with social, with people on social media. And the biggest thing for me is that I want to be able to show people like, yes, I am telling you, I'm talking, I'm educating on these things, but also 
if you if you see me on the side of the because I typically run one of the busiest streets here in Greenville. And if you see me on the side of the street running, like I'm doing the work. So like when I tell my patients, like, yes, I'm a coach in here, but outside this office, I'm a player just like any one of you. Like it's no different. I deal with the same stresses, deal with the same um uh, BS. Like I deal with the same things, guys. It's no different. I'm not this this guy. Like <laughs> I'm a person, right? And I'm putting in the work just like you guys are. That's so critical. It's you have to walk the talk. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's really important. And I I really try to, you know, I really and I, I try to be as transparent as I can with even my vices and my hangups because I'm just a human being too. People get so mad too. They're like, you're eating dairy, you're a horrible person. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> what? <laughs> Could can we just pause for a moment and decide to argue about things that are important <laughs> versus that? But anyway, yeah, walking the talk is is numero uno. I think that most of the entrepreneurs that I know and the successful doctors that I know, all of them strength train, all of them. There's not a one who doesn't employ some kind of strength training or resistance training into their workout. And I I fully think that your ability to manifest optimal health, obviously, it's non-negotiable. I think strength training is absolutely non-negotiable. But more importantly, your ability to manifest wealth is directly tied and contingent on your ability to uh, move and lift weights and have resiliency because there's I just don't know anyone who has been able to let's how do I say this they've who's been able to achieve and maintain for the long haul wealth and success in their business model without actually being physically fit. Mm. It's yes. kind of a it's and I tell every all the doctors I coach, I tell them all the same thing. Like if you don't get physically fit, you're not gonna make this. This is a gauntlet, right? This is And the way I kinda the way I kinda look at me is about like needs, right? Like we have water, right? We have water, we have food, uh, sunlight, all these different needs that the human being has. But I also believe that movement, um, whether that's resistance where weights or push ups or any type of resistance, the resistance is resistance. Um and I believe that movement is a need because I, and the reason I say it is just because when I haven't moved my body in, let's say, a few days because of whatever reason, like mentally, like I'm not at my best. Mm-hmm. I'm just not mentally. I'm not there. Um, I feel like I'm not at my highest energy and just being the best person I know I can be in the moment. But when I start to move, like it, everything starts to change. So yeah. <laughs> I just, I just glue up. <laughs> I, I'm at that point in life where I just turn to glue. Everything just like turns into a, well, let's talk about that for a moment because I know we got to, I got to let you go here soon. Cause I know you're a busy guy. What, uh, there's a difference in people who are physically fit and people who are not when you adjust them, isn't there? There's a very distinct texture and tone to their tissues. Yes. Yeah. 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 So typically there's and I, without again, I guess getting too deep, but it's typically like the different, just different tones, right? You have like this earth tone, you have this like water tone, you have like this fire tone, like really um, fired up. And like you have these different tones and you just kind of have to know like what that feels like, what does healthy feel like, what does dysfunction feel like? Um, and it's just really cool to be able to feel different people's tone and like where mm-hmm. they at, like in, in life and and feel when things aren't in in harmony and be able to like really pull those things out and like even bring them up to them because it's like, man, like 
what what have you done? Like, what are you going through? Because I can feel physically and also I can feel like your energy as a whole, like there's something going on here and you, you're you showing up differently. So let's talk like what what's going on. Uh, and so it's really cool to be able to to step into that space. I never thought that I guess I would be in this space as a, I mean, in a chiropractic student, but like, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. It kind of mind, it blows my mind a little bit sometimes because it's like a, kind of like a superpower in a way because like you can be able to feel like the tone of people and their energy and it's just, it's, it's mind blowing. It really is a superpower. It's something that I honor in myself and I really worked hard to hone and my hand, I mean, my hands are my I mean, they're my MRI machines, right? And they tell me what nutritional deficiencies are present. They tell me what hormonal imbalances are present. And my naturopathic colleagues are always saying, like, how do you know this? You can't just tell by looking at someone. I'm like, oh, I can tell a whole lot by looking at someone. And I can tell even more by touching them, right? I mean, it's it's all about tone and texture and and just some of the stuff we can't really explain. But yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because I feel the same. And it's it's a real honor to be able to work with your hands that way. Yeah, I mean, we're an instrument, right? I mean, you think about an instrument, setting the tone, getting it right so it can play like the music that you wanted to play. And yeah. we're no different. And like, it's like, if you're not expressing that health, you're not at that that tone of health, like why aren't you expressing that health? Because I know you were meant to express the health. And it's like, how can we help people be able to get back in harmony so that they can really fully express health and experience life. I love it. I love it. Well, before you tell the audience how to find you and all the great places to follow you too, do you have one pearl that you'd like to leave the audience? One big overreaching thought? Um, one pearl. Let's see. What's your one big idea to leave the audience with? I think it's going to be the same message I've been, I've been preaching for since the beginning of the year, um, and just to my patients all the time, is that um, your health is your responsibility. Because I really think if we fully, like, fully think about that statement um, and really take it in, then we can change. Like, we have power, and it, that's very empowering to know that you're in the driver's seat. You're not in the passenger seat. You're not like someone's driving your vehicle. No, you're driving your vehicle, and you can drive it wherever you want to drive it to. You can drive it in the ground. You can drive into a tree <laughs> um, and you have that power to do so. And I think it's important to know that you're, you're the captain of your own, of your own ship essentially. So um, I think that's the big, the big takeaway. I love it. You heal you. It's on your t-shirts. Yep. <laughs> well, tell the audience how to find you. Where are all the places? Um, I mean, majority is going to be Instagram. Uh, I love the, the platform. I am on like Telegram, but I do, I do enjoy that that platform, Instagram. Again, you'd be able to share, comment. Um, it's not another one out there like it. So, um, so, but yeah, I think that's find me at Dr. Raymond Nichols on Instagram. I am on Facebook too, uh, but not uh, consistently at all. Facebook is an evil platform. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we stay off there. I will make sure to link all that in the show notes. Do you have a website you'd like to share? Uh, I do not have a website. I'm working on one actually. All right. All right. Me too. It's okay. (laughs) Well, it was such an honor to connect to you again. Thank you so much for coming on and bringing, again, just that unapologetic light that you always bring and that big smile. So thank you, Dr. Ray. All right. Thank you again. Uh, Continue contributing the way that you are. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A, and Dr. Tina 2.0 as well as visit my website at drtina.com. 
This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.